Welcome back to another episode of Operations Avenue, an Alpha Kappa Psi podcast. This is Amber Hambach, CERC for Areas 1 and 2. Coral Peterson, CERC for Areas 3 and 4. Alec Morand, Associate Director of Student Services. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking with Gamma Pi at Seton Hall University, Chi Sigma at Northeastern University, and Pi Omega at Purdue University about Brotherhood events. Hey, everyone. Uh, Welcome to the podcast today. We are very excited to have two really special chapters with us today. We have um, the Pi Omega chapter from Purdue and the Gamma Pi chapter from Seton Hall. Hi, everyone. My name is Nikki, Nikki Tropathy. I am at the Gamma Pi chapter at Seton Hall University in New Jersey, and I have served as president the past year. Currently, I am the vice president of marketing, which is actually a role I did earlier as well in my sophomore year. So it's a little familiar, which has been nice. And uh, in terms of the event that we submitted from my chapter, we were really proud of our recruitment program this semester. So that was our main focus, um, that it was how to win the game of life. So it was centered around the game of life. And even through that recruitment program, we did an alumni event called How to Win the Game of Life, featuring some of our alumni on a virtual panel. So that was another thing we submitted for. That's awesome, Nikki. Uh, Hey guys, my name is April Finch and I am from the Pi Omega chapter at Purdue University. Currently I serve serve as executive vice president uh, and I'll pass it on to my other two brothers at Pi Omega and they can talk about our events. All right. Hi, my name is Ellie Cawthorn, and I'm also from Pi Omega. And this past semester, I served as Brotherhood Relations Chair. And then this upcoming semester, I'll be the Vice President of Public Relations. Um, we have two programs that we submitted that we'd like to be talking about today. Um, one being Brotherhood Bonding, which was just a way for people to stay connected during all of this craziness. Uh, and then another one, which was just a pumpkin painting event. Hi everyone, my name is Grace Palkey. I'm also from the Pi Omega chapter at Purdue and I'm currently serving as the Vice President of Membership. Awesome, thank you guys. Um, so if do you guys just wanna go around and talk about what it was that inspired your Brotherhood events, um, if it was anything specific or you know anything about this climate that we're in right now, what was the inspiration for the events that you guys did? Sure, I could talk about one of our events. So as Ellie mentioned, we had a, a, a pumpkin painting event. So during, of course, during this climate, it's been very difficult to have uh, in-person events. We've had a lot of virtual ones, but we've recognized that a lot of our brothers, uh, you know, they've been taking the utmost precautions, but we still are kind of craving that in-person experience. Um, and also with our pledges as well, if Grace, you want to jump in uh, with that point. Uh, so to kind of cater both of those being safe while still being in person, uh, we tried to do a socially distanced pumpkin pumpkin painting event, as well as uh, we also live streamed the Purdue football game. So that was uh, kind of catered to all different types of people. We had uh, people who were more into sports. We had people who were into art. We had pledges, older, older members there. Um, and ultimately, of course, we wanted to do something fun, something festive for the Halloween holiday. But I think the most important factor in what we wanted to do with this event was try to have that in-person experience as much as we possibly could. Uh, Grace, can you talk about like maybe how the pledges were involved with this one? 
Yeah, of course. So obviously this was our first semester where we had pledges that were online and remote and pledges who are in person. So it was a huge learning curve trying to figure out how we're going to bring together the brotherhood bonding and everything when everybody is all over the world. Um, so something that I tried to implement was networking groups. So we would have brothers and pledges meet on Zoom once a week different randomized group every time so that they could all get to know one another in a really relaxed environment, um, play some online games and just like get to know each other as people um, and build those relationships too, which was really fun um, and definitely something that we'll try and implement next semester as well. Okay, and then I can talk about brotherhood bonding. So something that our chaplain has is we have a suggestion box for any of the brothers to submit. Um, just like comments and just thoughts about what they'd maybe like to do. And somebody had submitted that they were interested in maybe having some sort of program where the younger, like the newer pledge class could get to know the older brothers that have been there for a while. So our chaplain had reached out to me and just let me know that someone thought that. So I was like, okay. And so I created this program for basically every week, um, a newer pledge or a newer brother is paired with an older brother and it's really just up to them to do whatever they'd like, rather whether they'd like to do something virtually or meet up for a coffee, like in person. And it was just really, I got a lot of really good feedback. Like I saw a lot of pictures of brothers hanging out and I thought it was just a great way for all of us to stay connected during such a weird time where not everyone is in the same place, but we're still able to just get together and keep that brotherhood aspect. That's really cool. For my chapter, some of, I guess, our inspiration was that we wanted to kind of stick with what usually works for us in terms of rush week, since our focus was on recruitment. So like for touching on the alumni event that we held, we traditionally do include an alumni panel as part of our rush week every semester. So that was something that we did want to maintain this semester as well. And what helped a lot is the fact that we are virtual. So having the ability to have alumni brothers who aren't always available to, you know, be in New Jersey and speak at our events, just speak virtually made it a lot easier for us. And the, you know, the whole concept of the pandemic and how that's affected the workforce and entering the workforce was a huge point of discussion this time, because usually we center our discussion around career readiness and any, you know, skills you should be developing in undergrad before entering the workforce. So that discussion we have in the last couple times we've had it, though we usually try to add a new theme, you know, it was starting to get a little bit repetitive. So it was really great this time to see where the discussion went with that new angle of um, the conversation, you know, added. And in general, with the uh, recruitment process that we had a lot of success with, I like mentioned earlier, um, obviously, you know, it felt like there was a little bit lacking with not being able to meet in person, but we did what we could in terms of having virtual bonding events with the pledges as they get integrated and, you know, trying to make sure that we weren't putting too much on their plate in terms of, and just even activities, because I know even that like taking time out of your day is a little difficult sometimes, but yeah, it, it, it did come together really well. And I'm, I give a lot of credit to our vice president of membership because she really, you know, had them in a great, like very positive spirits throughout the process. For both chapters, how did you engage your members through the planning and execution to make sure that it wasn't just on a few sole members to do all of the planning for the membership? In terms of our recruitment process, we would plan it out at eboard meetings. So even though the recruitment campaign was 
the split responsibility between myself as vice president of marketing and the vice president of membership, uh, we still would have e-board meetings to discuss what our plans were. And then everyone would kind of chime in with what their ideas were. And that really helped us shape the plan and, you know, think of things that not everybody could think of at the same time. And beyond that, we um, added a couple of new chair positions. So I think this will be more beneficial to us in the future than it was last semester. But we created a PR chair that would fall under the marketing position. And we also created a philanthropy chair that would fall under um, finance. So that's also helping us since we are a smaller chapter with a lot of brothers graduating this spring. That's helping us get the newer members engaged from a younger you know, age or um, right after crossing so that they can eventually take over officer positions. Nikki, I'm curious if it's all right. So it's funny because we have a vice president of public relations and the marketing under that. So what is public relations in charge of as opposed sure. to marketing? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a broad, like it's kind of a name mm -hmm. that we threw onto an idea for a chair that we had. In the past, we've had chairs under almost every officer position. And then when our chapter became smaller after the last couple of years, like now we were down to 17 before taking on this new pledge class. So we decided it didn't make sense to have so many chairs mm -hmm. when at that point, everyone has a position. But um, we, we did used to have a separation too between marketing and PR, which we got rid of. But the way it is now, marketing is more focused on helping with recruitment and running social media. But because social media itself can be such a task with like all yeah. these different platforms that we're on, the PR chair helps out with that. And they also help out, um, they work collaboratively with the philanthropy chair towards like service events and getting those plans. So philanthropy focuses more on the fundraising side, but the PR chair works more on the planning and execution side. And um, they also kind of just help out with like, you know, planning and facilitating brother brotherhood bonding events and things that all the officers we always talk about and we always have on mind, but we have like a hundred other things to focus on yeah. with chapter operations. So yeah, it's just a helping hand to be honest. Awesome, thanks. All right, uh, so the original question about member engagement. Uh, so Ellie and I, we were kind of the main ones, I would say coordinating the pumpkin painting event um, as EVP and Brotherhood Relations. Uh, but to, first of all, we relied on her committee as well. So we uh, reached out to them, even with little things. We had 40 little pumpkins in the back of my car. <laughs> we asked people to come help bring them in and even asked some pledges to help out. Uh, and I think that, even just even if it's something as simple as you know helping bring in supplies helping coordinate the event making helping make sure the assembly line we had going on to make sure the event was safe everything was spaced out properly uh even just allocating little tasks to each member um they kind of took ownership of it made them felt like they were contributing not only as an attendee but also uh, having a helping heart helping hand in making the event a success so uh ultimately we just reached out and allocated little tasks to both members current brothers and uh, pledges. Yeah, the pledges were very eager to help out, which was really helpful for us. Um, and I thought it was a good way for me to even get to know them because at that point, I don't think I had met many of them. Um, so yeah, as they were kind of helping us bring in literally like 40 little pumpkins, I was just getting to know them. Uh, we got lost in the building, we were all talking. So it was just a lot of fun. Um, as for the Brotherhood Bonding event, well, I actually have no idea who submitted that um, little suggestion box thing, because it like it wasn't my idea, but I created it because of what they told me. So I mean, of course, we're always taking into into account what other brothers like are thinking, but 
as for as for the program itself it's all kind of just self-run by everybody it's up to them to decide what they want to do like I'm not telling them you have to meet at a specific time or a specific way so it's yeah just the way that people kind of take it upon themselves to go and do things especially because it was a voluntary thing it wasn't um it wasn't required so it was just a way for to get many people involved like a lot of people in our chapter were involved in it and they were very excited for their new pairings every week so yeah it was just a great way to get everybody involved without having it be a giant commitment or part being part of a committee or something like that yeah and really similarly to um, Ellie's brotherhood bonding with the networking groups it was definitely like the pledge trainers were a huge part of that um getting that all together but also just like seeing what pledges will take initiative because it can be really scary to get like strangers together and asking people to hang out um but I think since this was more of a structured program, it made it a little easier for them to just ask in a giant group chat, like, hey, like, when are you guys free and stuff? Um, and I think also just when it comes to any sort of bonding for our chapter, it's also just like not supposed to be a chore. It's more of like giving back because we all have really fond memories about our rush process and recruitment and everything being an AK side. And so we just want to be there for all the other brothers and all the new pledges coming in and showing them that um, this is how like we take care of each other and how we organize everything. So yeah, it's really fun. Great. Um, so Nikki, you talked about your alumni event. Um, this has definitely been a time of getting outside individuals or reaching out to individuals you normally wouldn't have contact with. Could you just give us a little bit of what went into getting your alumni? Was that sort of the normal number of alumni you have, or did you get more in this case? Sure. Um, so as an e-board, we kind of decided to stick with our usual pattern of having three alumni on the panel just to make the conversation as focused, I guess, as possible. So in terms of that, like obviously we didn't increase our alumni participation by a lot, but like I said, it was a lot easier to get in touch with them, to get them confirmed to speak at the event. So that was really awesome. Like the first few that we reached out to pretty much were locked in. And um, that was really cool for us because I feel that we, we were able to reach a wider range of alumni on the panel this time because what tends to usually happen is we reach out to older alumni from the past five to 10 years. And it um, it's a little bit more difficult to schedule it with them, which I completely understand. But then we end up having a lot of younger alumni who were in the chapter recently, graduated in the past couple of years, come back. So this time we had a mix. We had um, an alumni from about 10 years ago, an alumni from about five years ago, and then an alumni from two or three years ago. So that was really cool to have them all in the conversation at the same time, because they had very different views on the virtual work environment and how to develop skills. I mean, obviously everyone had a consensus on, you know, um, what is productive and not, but they was very diverse views in terms of experience and the kind of, you know, adjustments that they've had to make. So that was really cool. This has definitely thrown us all for a bit of a loop what's the sort of biggest lesson that you guys learned from organizing these events um, it could be a specific lesson or just like an overall uh, 
thing that came to mind uh, from doing Brotherhood in a virtual environment rather than, I mean, I know you guys did at Purdue, you guys did the in-person and that's, I think, special for last semester. Um, maybe sort of insights on that also. Well, for planning for that one, it was a very long and thought out uh, process just because with Purdue, there are very specific guidelines you have to follow uh, when you're submitting like a, a, like a form to even like have an event they have multiple people going over it and making sure that they follow all the guidelines that Purdue has set out um, for COVID prevention. So that definitely was a big learning experience, just having to think about uh, what is the best way to have an in-person event without any um, possible spreading. And it just, just thinking about ways you could just tip, ad adapt a typical event that you would have. Uh, so like, for example, all of the seats were spread apart, like there was a seat in between each person, but everyone was still able to uh, talk to each other, obviously, and everyone had their own like individually, like set apart like brushes and paints and everything, like nothing was shared, which typically, you know, in a normal environment, everybody would be grabbing the same item like multiple times touching it. And now that just that could not happen. So um, yeah, it was just a huge learning curve for me, just trying to figure out like the best and most safe way to have an event. And I'm I'm just so happy we were able to do that because nobody got sick from it um, and everybody followed rules. It was just a really great, it was a really great experience. And I'm glad we were able to do that for everybody who was just missing each other. On a kind of similar tangent, um, I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to formulate this into a single lesson, but I would say, of course, never risk safety in the hopes of having like a fun event. You know, I, there were times where like, oh, let's just do this impromptu hangout event. But then in retrospect, we we're like, okay, no, we actually can't do that. Let's rethink it, give it more time and thought going into it. Um, but then on the opposite end, uh, make sure like, brotherhood and engaging with others isn't risk at the expense of trying to be, um, you know, as isolated as you can. Of course, with going into this year, safety was always our number one priority. So rather than avoiding all those uh, events that we would typically have, focus on ways you can modify it. Still focus on brotherhood. Brotherhood, again, should be so I guess our values for the year, number one was safety. Number two was still trying to find ways to be connected. Of course, you know, COVID was, is, is still a pandemic, but also there's other underlying things of loneliness, negative mental health, other factors that people are struggling with as well. So um, not avoiding those issues by doing things like having brotherhood events, still staying connected through networking groups and brotherhood bonding. Um, so trying to strike a balance with both of those. Yeah, especially for online brotherhood, I think a huge lesson for everyone was how important good Wi-Fi is. You have no idea how many people will just cut out or disappear and come back. Um, but also, I guess, like, one, keeping the energy because it's so easy just to sit back and maybe be on mute or turn your camera off or something. And it just does not feel the same as being in person and being with all of your friends. Um, so I think everybody really learned how, like, turn up like the charisma and the energy and just be on even though you're sitting in your room um, online and it's definitely something that everybody's 
gotten used to and I think is going to be maybe a really good skill moving forward, whether you're in a job interview or however long this pandemic will be. Um, we've all gotten used to it by now, so it's not too scary anymore. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Grace. Like it, the having your camera on and being present, even though you can't all obviously be physically present, makes such a big difference. And I guess, yeah, part of it, the biggest learnings from this semester and how everything has been going is definitely that mindset. Mindset is really important. Um, like, like I said, I give a lot of credit to our vice president of membership for our uh, successful recruitment process this semester, because we went from 17 brothers to 25. So that really, really makes a huge difference for us. Thank you. As it's such a small chapter with so many seniors graduating in spring. So it really is like a huge relief and they're all really strong brothers. And uh, we had a couple of an alum alumni pop into our court of honor ritual just to kind of listen in and see what was going on. So we were asking for their feedback after the ritual was completed. And they were saying that obviously it's a very different, you know, environment and it's hard to get the same level of engagement that you want in an in-person process. But they, they were like, we commend you guys because uh, we can see that like the five core values are completely represented and that's what matters at the end of the day. So despite being online and all the setbacks, like you were able to find great brothers, a good amount of brothers. So that was really great to hear. And just in terms of um, participation, I guess it, it was nice to um, just kind of keep in mind that we should be flexible with the pandemic. So I think that's something that helped us take in a lot more pledges than we usually are able to because we were able to be flexible and understanding and um, kind of meet their needs. So I think compromise is really important, especially in situations like this, but then going forward, understanding that that is key to you know a, a successful recruitment process. You're absolutely right about the whole flexibility aspect because something I feel like everybody needs to work on is trying to figure out a way to incorporate everyone, even the ones that are virtually, because we had a lot of students, like some pledges and then some other brothers who were completely online this semester. And so it was harder for us to try and figure out a way to make sure that they still feel included. And so that's something I definitely wanna work on. And I feel like everybody just in general needs to work on is just trying to figure out how, a way for all of us to make sure we include everybody and make sure that they get the equal amount of attention and effective brotherhood um, meetings and events, so. Thank you guys. Um, so have you seen any impacts or effects within your chapter um, this term after holding these events? For my chapter, like I said, we increased by a lot. So that was really awesome for us to get that new energy and the new members. A lot of them are a lot younger since we're mostly upperclassmen, they were mostly sophomores this semester. So I think in a few ways it really helped us because it made us a lot closer as a chapter getting that new burst of energy, which is something I feel like that should always be the case because it's it's really nice to see that. But um, because we have been, you know, in trying to be responsible. So even when we do spend time together, we try to do it in smaller groups. So I think that has brought our lineages a lot closer together. And we've really developed those, like not just mentor mentee relationships, but like close personal relationships with everybody like within their smaller families. So that's been really nice to see. And I think that's helping our chapter in the long term because it puts up a good front for us to show that, you know, we're such a like 
we're such a close family and we're looking for more people to join this family? I think something from at least our brotherhood bonding program was like the main reason we had it was because a lot of the newer brothers where we were sent home during or in the middle of our pledge process. So a lot of us didn't really have the appropriate amount of time to actually get to know a lot of the brothers. And so this was a way for just to continue kind of integrating us into the chapter. And I thought it did a really great job. I feel like we are probably bonded around this like same amount as we would be had we done this all normally. So I think that was the main um, outcome from that. And then for the pumpkin painting, especially like the pledges, um, getting to know them was great, integrating them was great. And it just got a, it gave us a opportunity to get to know them better in like a more casual. Yeah, just piggybacking off of Ellie, I think that pumpkin event, it just had a burst of enthusiasm and just excitement about potentially being a brother of AKSI and um, just the, all the people they had the opportunity to get to know for the pledges especially. And with our brothers, it was kind of a breath of fresh air after a semester of sitting on Zoom classes and going to Zoom chapters. Um, again, all while still being safe, they had that one little bit of human interaction. And I think that meant a lot. And I think this, this event happened like right after we were given our big little pairings. So this was, yeah, this was given, a this was a time that was great to get to know your little. Yeah. So a lot of bigs and littles were sitting together and painting. And mm -hmm. I think some of them did like little paired pumpkins, like someone did Mike Wazowski and then someone did Sully. So <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was all really cute and just a great way to get to know your little, so. I think that the one-on-one -on -one bonds were really strengthened this semester. And that goes to show like when you have, you know, more like deeply personal relationships, I think that helps your overall outlook on the organization. So I think that's something really positive that's come out of all of this that I think we're all going to kind of try to maintain going forward. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Nikki, especially because like, if you're in a big room in person, it feels a little weird going up to somebody you don't really know. Um, but we've all been thinking really creatively with breakout rooms and figuring out how to make everything a lot smaller online. So I definitely think in our chapter one-on-one -on -one bonds are much stronger and especially what Ellie said I think big littles are also more um, together like right from the jump instead of just slowly becoming friends which I think has been something really positive this semester and I know Nikki at least has plans for next semester from my call with her last week um, but could you guys talk a little bit about what plans you have on the topic coming into this next term uh, so in terms of brotherhood events, I don't think we have anything nailed down, but taking everything we've learned, we have two new brotherhood relations chairs, one brother who was online and one brother who was in person. So it'll be very interesting to get both perspectives on how we can potentially build events for both people, uh, for both types of brothers. And uh, additionally, just again, continuing the quality of our online programs and still focusing exactly like Nikki and Grace said on those one-on-one -on -one, uh, relationships. And I think we will be continuing brotherhood bonding as it's been very successful and I at least hope we will. <laughs> I think depending on how the cases are looking in the spring, we definitely want to incorporate some in-person events if possible because um, our 
school for us has been hybrid this entire time, but just specifically for Greek recruitment processes, we were told to make that completely virtual. But our school is actually looking towards um, doing some a hybrid Greek week in the spring, which would mean that um, all the organizations would be allowed to come come in for certain aspects. So if that's a, if that's a possibility, then I don't see why we also couldn't do a picnic like you guys did, or just do something, um, you know, outdoors when the weather is nicer and get a chance to, you know, all see each other face to face. Awesome. So, you know, we're wrapping up the episode. I really want to thank you guys. What would be sort of your final piece of advice to other chapters who are struggling with their brother engagement or Maybe brothers just aren't feeling the uh, the love right now with uh, their brotherhood that they usually do because they're used to being in person. What advice would you give to fellow chapters? Like we touched upon earlier, I would definitely say reaching out to brothers or potential new brothers one on one makes a big difference. Just to touch base and you know see how they're adjusting and if there's anything that they need or maybe they just want to get something off their chest, like. Uh, just giving support in any way possible, showing that beyond just our professional organization, as a human, as a brother, I am here for you. I think that goes a long way. And because of that focus we've had this semester, rather than going recruit, 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 it ended up inherently bringing in more stronger brothers that have that like sense of unity and brotherhood in them. I think a lot of this semester was a lot of trial and error. So just the best you can do really is just try and see what works, see what doesn't. Because we definitely, I, I had those moments where I tried something and then a lot of people weren't really into it. And that's completely okay. Cause then you're, you're still learning about like what everyone is okay with and what they aren't okay with, especially in a pandemic environment. So yeah, all I really have to say is just like try it out, see what works and like, you might have something successful and who knows, maybe you'll want to continue it for the next semester and all the semesters to come. Yeah, building off that point that Ellie said, uh, brotherhood is going to look different this year. And um, I think it's a fact we all kind of have to accept, but also trying to find ways to modify it. So this is the semester to do things a little bit differently. Like Nikki was saying, focus on those one-on-one -on -one relationships rather than just doing big group events, of course, uh, trying to utilize, you know, some online platforms, things like that. Uh, if there's been an event or even just a little concept that you've been working on, this is the time to try it because I think people are craving something new, something that's different than just your everyday Zoom call. Um, so don't be afraid to take some risk in terms of what ideas you wanna throw out to your brothers because if it's something a little different, it might pique people's interest and make them want to come to the event even more. Um, so yeah, just exactly like Ellie said, don't be afraid to try. Yeah, and then just finishing up, I guess, don't get discouraged because it's so easy to just remember when life was normal and just like look at all your events and it's like, it's not the same, but just keep trying, um, keep, pushing on especially with like recruitment and pledging it's not going to be the same um but just knowing that you tried and that you pushed through um will feel really great in the end in addition to the two chapters that we talked to today we also recorded a session with the chi sigma chapter from northeastern to give their insights on doing virtual brotherhood events We are lucky enough to have some two awesome members 
from the Chi Sigma chapter at Northeastern on with us today to talk about their Brotherhood event um, in fall of 2020. So I'll ask our guest stars to um, make their introductions, name, chapter, and their leadership position. Hi, my name is Julie. I am currently the president of the Chi Sigma chapter at Northeastern. Hi, my name is Layla. I'm currently the vice president of a membership for the Chi Sigma chapter at Northeastern. And the event, I guess, that we put on over the course of last this past summer, as well as the fall, has been both our Zoom summer series and our Muse socials. So basically, the point of these um, activities was to try to create ways for our chapter to add value to each brother, even though after COVID kind of hit in March, we were all geographically separated, and we were just looking for ways to reconnect. Awesome. Awesome. So... Um, those two, when I read through the events, uh, when we were doing the awards, I thought they sounded great. It sounds like, if I remember correctly, um, the summer was to get your pledges more involved and your other program was to make sure people stay involved. Am I right on that? Our summer series was to keep people involved and then throughout this semester was more so our pledge class from last semester to like integrate more and meet the brothers and host their own events. Perfect. No, great. Um, so let's start from the beginning. What inspired those events um, or programs that you guys put on? So I can talk a little bit about like the Zoom summer series first. So that uh, whole program was spearheaded by one of our senior brothers, Stephen, who previously served as the president of our chapter. And he wanted to get brothers excited to engage with each other, even though we were all operating virtually. So he brought this idea of this whole summer series and he kind of oversaw a lot of the events. Uh, while the rest of eboard kind of spearheaded the events. So um, the events included things like alumni panels, open forums, and just different like social activities for us to connect with each other, just talk, hang out. And it just provided like an avenue for people to um, get to know each other and be involved because at the end of, I think beginning of March when everything was kind of sent home, we were all kind of lost. We didn't know how to operate online. We didn't really know how to try to keep everyone involved because we couldn't do in-person events like we normally do. So um, yeah, that was kind of the way that we decided to try to maintain that engagement and um, interest among the brother. So we know that a lot of times at the events, it's not just the e-board putting in all of the work. How did you guys involve your membership throughout the planning and execution of the events? Yeah, so for the Zoom Summer Series, um, the brother involvement varied by that in terms of organization. And there were about 20 to 30 brothers who attended each event. So the first one was like a senior Ask Me Anything um, hosted by two of our new members who had just crossed in the spring. And then four of our senior brothers who just like answered any questions about, you know, the internships they did while they were at Northeastern or what they plan to do after or and how Alpha Kappa Psi really helped them get to where they wanted to be. Um, another event we had was an educational workshop about understanding structural racism against black Americans that was hosted by one of our own new members and we're really grateful that a lot of our own members who identify as Black and Indigenous people of color were willing to share their experiences and knowledge to educate our chapter, especially this summer with the backdrop of the Black Lives Matter movement. And um, we did a lot of other events sort of in that same vein, but um, let can talk a little bit more about our Muse Social since those were like kind of a different type of activity that we did. Yeah, so for the Muse Socials, basically two to three of members of the Muse class would host like a game night. So we do, we've done like Among Us, Mafia, et cetera. And so that kind of allowed them in a sense to take on a little bit of a leadership role within the chapter and really feel like a brother. 
and then you know other brothers would show up and support them you know try to get to know them better so that's kind of how that involved our membership so you mentioned that you had alumni um, on your summer series did you have any other individuals outside of your collegiate chapter that participated um, i know this was very much like brotherhood centered yeah so i guess the only event that we had that involved non-current collegiate brothers was our alumni panel and steven he's a senior graduating this spring so he knows a lot of our uh like more recent alumni personally since he was a he was younger in the chapter while they were still here so he personally reached out to a few people to participate in the panel and they provided a lot of really valuable insights especially being like new graduates right out of college it's um valuable for all of us especially like right now our, our chapter is pretty young a lot of like second years and third years who could really benefit from hearing about the experiences of people who have just graduated or just have some more full-time working experience that a lot of us don't have yet because we're still students. Gotcha, gotcha, awesome. So what was the biggest lesson that came out of um, hosting these events, putting them together? Yeah, for sure. I think definitely it's just like getting everyone engaged is challenging because everyone has different interests, everyone has different time schedules, and again, like with Zoom, like we spend a lot of our time during the day already on Zoom. So getting people to like go on Zoom again to like see their friends when we're also used to seeing our friends in person from previous semesters. I think the biggest lesson was just navigating that. And I think in order to navigate that, like being receptive to feedback, like being receptive to hearing what brothers want to do and like what they don't want to do. And yeah, I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned this semester. Did you guys have a specific way that you gathered that feedback to know what your brothers wanted um, and needed for this last term? I think mostly we've done so like at chapter, like we haven't really talked about this, but like like town halls and stuff like that. So like making sure that we're having open conversations during chapter and asking like inviting older brothers and younger brothers and seeing like, you know, why, what, what keeps you engaged and what like might make you less engaged and things like that just like making sure we have open discussions as chapter and using that as an opportunity to do so what impacts from this event have you seen within your chapter i think one thing that we've seen is that we've all gotten a lot more comfortable just operating virtually which for our new members who cross in the spring like they cross after COVID sent all of us home so that's kind of their only experience with the chapter they haven't gone to chapter in person or anything so um we've learned that you know, operating over Zoom, as awkward as it can be, we have, we're trying to take advantage of different tools like the breakout rooms and different like online platforms to continue interacting with each other. And we've also learned that it takes a lot of effort on all of us to be engaged and attend events because one person alone, like let's say myself or Layla are like, yeah, let's all be really engaged. We can't like make that happen. It's on all of us to come to things and share our opinions and make chapter a valuable place for all of us to be because without all of us involved, like we don't know that we're necessarily providing like the right type of programming for our members. So like Layla said, we've tried to have more, have more town halls and talk about what we do wanna see and what we don't wanna see so that we can provide things that people just want to, want to go to and want to attend. Is there anything that you guys have learned from this virtual time um, that you would take even into like an in-person setting um, when you're operating your chapter? I think at least from my end, like after doing new socials and like watching like the new class host events, like if we go in person, like I love to see that continue to happen, like to see the new semester, the new, like the most recent class, like host their own events and like, like to see that 
to give them the capacity to do so. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be really cool to see going forward. I don't know, Julie, you have anything to add as well? I think one thing that a lot of us are now realizing, a lot of us who like were able to be in chapter before everything went online, um, I think a lot of us took for granted the fact that we could meet in person, just like the little interactions you have with people right before chapter, right after chapter, when there's nothing formal going on, but you're just hanging out with people you maybe haven't seen in like a week or uh, maybe longer if people have different time conflicts. So I think definitely if we, when we hopefully go back to being in person, I think that kind of small setting where you can just kind of chat with people is something that we're all going to value a lot more because we can't really replicate that just over Zoom. Uh, definitely. Um, I know it's been felt throughout, you know, individually in chapters as well as throughout the fraternity um, and seeing, you know, not being able to see friends and stuff as often as you'd like to and not even having like the option of let's go to lunch um, and having and maybe more planning things out um, more purposefully. So it leads me into sort of the next part. Um, what are the plans for the upcoming term? I know you guys like very purposefully um, thought about how you're going to do recruitment or um, last semester as well as these events. Um, any upcoming plans for the next term that you can share with us? So next semester we're, um, we're definitely planning to do recruitment and then hopefully take a pledge class because this, this past fall semester we decided to not take a pledge class so we could work a little bit more internally, helpfully integrate like our muse and just continue those conversations about engagement and how to continue adding value to the chapter. Um, so in the spring, we will be doing recruitment and pledging, most likely fully virtually just for um, to follow like Northeastern and Massachusetts health guidelines. Um, but we're also trying to think through, you know, how do we make this a valuable experience for all the brothers, for all the people who are going through the recruitment process and for eventually our pledge class, how do we make pledging very valuable to them, even though we can't meet in person and have those same little in-person interactions. Um, and yeah, those that's at least from like the recruitment pledging side. I don't know if Layla, you have anything else? Yeah, I think from my side, definitely would love to see like more kind of collaborative events with other chapters in the Boston area, as well as like other organizations at Northeastern. And also now that I'm thinking like, because things are virtual, like the skies are limits. So like, honestly, like if we wanted to meet with chapters from other states or other countries, like we could do so as well. Like maybe figuring that out if our brothers would like to do that. Awesome. So um, just to get an idea, how big are you as your chapter currently? Our chapter is about like 70 total members for this fall semester, um, but we had about 10 to 15 inactive either because they were um, not in the United States or they were currently interning so they didn't have the capacity to be active at the same time. Um, but we did have a few brothers graduate this semester so we're planning and we have a lot more graduating in the spring, so we want to take in a new pledge class to kind of keep our numbers at a healthy size. Um, I mean, that gives some good background too. Do you guys have any final advice for fellow chapters who um, are having issues with member engagement um, and don't really know where to start um, as well as just any advice you'd have for fellow chapters? I don't know, I guess I'll go first, but I think a big piece of advice I'd give to other chapters is like, don't get discouraged because obviously it's a very difficult time engagements already something can be a challenging thing to deal with and especially during this time but my big thing would just be not get discouraged um, just continue hosting events and continue 
you know, doing your best and trying to see your brothers. And yeah, I think that's my biggest advice. I don't know about you, Julie. Yeah, I think that's one thing to keep in mind um, that we also were uh, thinking about this semester just to like try to keep putting on as much good programming as we could and understanding that not everybody has the capacity to participate. Not everyone is able to participate and that's totally okay because we all are living our lives and doing a lot of other stuff and I'm sure dealing with a lot of other things as well. So I think just knowing that just because maybe you don't get 100% attendance at the at an event, like 70% is already good because there are people who do appreciate the things that we do and the effort that we put in. Um, and I think also in turn with that, just to make sure to um, like turn to the chapter for event ideas and suggestions and feedback because we do wanna make sure that everything we do is what other people want to see. Yeah, sorry, one other thing to add to that, but yeah, just continue having open conversations and really listening to brothers. I think that's a really big thing. Awesome, well, that's everything I have. Um, I just wanna thank again, Layla and Julie for being on today from Chi Sigma at Northeastern. Um, you guys gave a lot of great points. And again, congratulations on the virtual award for brotherhood this um, last fall. And that wraps up today's episode. Thank you again to our guests. If you guys have any questions about this episode, suggestions for a future episode, um, or just need to get in contact with your CERC, you can do that at CERC at AKSI.org. And if you want to check out any of the other episodes that have aired of Operations Avenue, you can find that at AKSI.org slash operations dash avenue dash podcast. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>